views and opinions expressed by Edwin are Edwin and Edwin's only, all right? Not of his sponsors, employers, baby mama, anybody he went to school with, anybody he owe money to. With that being said, enjoy the video. What is going on, everyone? Edwin Pagan here. Thanks for joining me on the Word on the Road podcast, your weekly technology care package. Man, if you're new to the channel, I appreciate you checking us out. This is a weekly podcast I do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday where we take three articles from the internet usually tech-related, all right? I give you my insight, I break them down for you, and I send you on your way, hopefully more educated, more informed about what's going on in the interwebs of this industry or world, whatever, man. Anyways, it's just a way for me to share articles that I like and I find interesting. With that being said, man, I hope everyone's having a great Monday. Strange times, I know. You're probably in quarantine. You're probably working from home. I know my, my fiance is working from home. And uh, it's it's tech problems galore, man. Everyone is uh, a lot of people haven't used <laughs> a remote meeting software before, um, so it's very interesting to see how that's picking up. And I'm definitely gonna be putting out some videos on how to deal with those type of technical issues. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's it's uh, we're all in quarantine. I've I've been trying to do my best to be self quarantined, um, staying inside the house. Uh, I think we went to Wally World a couple times um, just to pick up the essentials. But uh, it's it's strange times, bro. And I'm taking it seriously. I, I, I did a podcast yesterday with my, my good friend Eric. And um, as soon as I show up to his house, I show up with the, with the, with the light sauce. Like, Let me see them hands, homie. And <laughs> we sprayed his hands and then we shook hands. But, um, you know, we're taking it serious. And, um, you know, in Florida, at least, um, there's a curfew to 11, uh, to, uh, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Um, and uh, there's that. They're, the be they're closing down the beaches. All rest I mean, you know what? They're taking it seriously. It is what it be to me. If, if we have to do this for two weeks versus, you know, a couple months because we let it get out of hand, then I'm willing to pay that cost now. So, um, you know, I just find it weird that like the, the, the food shortage and the, uh, the toilet paper shortage, it's like, where is this coming from, bruh? And it's like, I think we're all aware of it, but people are still just like on, on the off chance that, uh, that somehow toilet paper goes I don't get why people are collecting toilet paper. I guess that's my logic, you know, but I don't get a lot of things. But, you know, to each their own, I guess is what I'm saying. But um, I finally got a workout in yesterday as well. So I went to my brother's house. He's got a home gym. We uh, we practice social distancing. Um, but we uh, no, I got a workout in and uh, I'm trying to run as much as possible throughout the quarantine process because, you know, you can't go outside. Um, it's not like you can go outside, but, um, you know, the fact that I can't go to the gym is driving me a little crazy because it's like I'm usually used to being home because I do work from home. But now that like I can't do the other stuff, it's becoming like an issue for me because it's like you got to stretch those muscles. You got to flex yourself a little bit, um, you know, and, and health as well. I mean, health is wealth, man, especially when you work from home and especially as someone who like I know what the spectrum of like being burnt out because of work, like truly being burnt out and like not taking your health taking care of your health and, and how that has an effect on you so now more than anything like i've been trying to like um you know just you know exercise eat healthy not try to binge eat and everything since we're home all the time but uh it's 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 a it's a it's an art and a discipline you know what i mean but with that being said man i'm looking i'm looking forward to putting out more content this week uh more videos so if you're if you like the podcast of course leave suggestions below um but without further ado let's jump right into the articles man as always the articles we discussed uh uh, on this podcast will be available in the description below so all articles that we talk about in the description below if you're listening through itunes or some major podcast network uh, or podcasting app it'll be in the description all right all the information 
or links to the stuff that we talk about will be in there. So with that being said, man, let's go ahead and jump right into the articles coming from the fine folks at CNET.com. I found this article really, really interesting, um, which is basically Apple CarPlay and Android Auto distract drivers more than pot and alcohol, uh, studies say. So if you're using Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, congratulations, you're either driving drunk or you're driving on pot. It's the equivalent. <laughs> but um, it was an interesting article because they're trying to talk about how a new study says that drivers' reaction times using tech um, were worse than motorists with alcohol and cannabis in their system. And in particularly, they're talking about the Android Auto and Apple CarPlay system. Now, if you're not familiar with that, um, there's kind of, I think there's a video on the channel on, on this video that kind of talks about how Android CarPlay works. Let me see if I can show it to you. Um, so this is kind of the video of how it works. Um, <clears throat> I think this is another video, actually. Come on, let's go. I'm telling you, this is the demo, guys. Don't want to cooperate with me. But if you're not familiar with what Android RR CarPlay is, it's basically a system designed by Apple to allow you your phone to interface directly with the uh, navigation system on your car or your LCD system. And I think it's a genius system um, because I used to rent a lot of cars. And um, when cars had Apple CarPlay, it was awesome because it literally, it basically mirrors your screen on your iPhone to your to your dash. Um, but it mirrors it in a way where it's more user-friendly, uh, it's more intuitive, um, it's, it's not as distracting, or at least I thought it was, um, and it lets you just kind of have, you know, uh, the ability to put your phone down and then let your dash do all the, all, all the, all the work. And... Here's a video of it, actually, if you haven't seen it in action before. Oh, come on, let's do it. And this is kind of the video of how it looks in action. I'm trying to see if I can skip forward to the, to the goodies. As you can see here, man, this thing is running like death. All right, I'm going to give up on the effort of trying to show it off. But this is kind of how it does look like. But and it kind of talks about how, like, when drivers are using it, um, they're spending too much time fidgeting through the screen and trying to find things. And... I beg to differ. I'd be surprised to see how many people are actually, because the thing about Apple CarPlay is that it makes it so it's very easy to control your phone, especially if you're using the steering wheel. Like it has controls in there um, where you can move in between screens, and it's very limited in the functionality, right? Like if you're trying to text someone, you don't actually have to, um, you're, you can't actually type the text in through your screen. You have to use the voice command. Um, and then like, for example, for music, it doesn't give you the ability to look through all your music while the car's in motion, only if the car is paused. And so there's a lot of good that comes from Apple CarPlay. I haven't used Android Auto too much, but Apple CarPlay in particular, there's a lot of good that comes from it, um, especially just being able to put your phone down. Um, but distracted drivers are always going to exist, whether they're being distracted from the Android Auto on their or their dash, or they're being distracted from their phone. I think they're always going to be distracted. And I think in tests like these, I, I would be interested to see like what the the the, the experiment looked like, um, because they kind of talk about in the article that like drivers would look away from the road for like over 16 seconds. You know, a lot can happen in 16 seconds. Um, but I, I don't think that's as accurate as people are making it out to be. I, I really don't because as someone who's used Android, uh, uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, it's not that crazy. It's not that complex. I mean, it, to me, it's like I put my directions up on there 
and I'm good to go. I put up my uh, my uh, my music and I'm good to go. I don't really have to fidget around with it. And so this idea that they have that people are distracted by it, I think it's a little far fetched because I think in in these experiments they're probably making people do a bunch of crazy stuff like send out a long text message, find the nearest this and find the nearest that, and it's like it's just not a realistic experiment in my opinion. Um, but with that being said, if you do have the option of getting Apple CarPlay in your car, get it. It's the greatest thing ever. I think it's one of those things like forget getting the technology package uh, when you buy a car, like getting the uh, the navigation and the entertainment system. Forget getting that, bro. Just get Apple CarPlay and it will work just as well as any navigation system. The maps work really well. And like what I thought was really cool one time because I rented it. Uh, I think I was uh, I was running like a, a was it a, a Dodge a Challenger. I had a Dodge Challenger. And um, it was dope because the car was running low on gas. The car alerted my phone that the gas was low. And then my phone immediately presented me options of gas stations nearby. It loaded up Apple Maps and sent me on my way. And that was what I really liked about it. It's just like how it can communicate so easily with your phone um, and your uh, your uh, um, with your phone and in the car. So like as far as the data goes. Um, but I haven't used CarPlay in a while in the sense of like when I used it, the only thing that I hated about it was that you had to tether in. Like you had to use a USB cable and connect it to the car. And so um, I like having Bluetooth, you know. But in that same respect, you know, it charges your phone, you know. But uh, I'd be interested to see how this technology has changed. But definitely check out this article. It's from CNET.com. It's an old one. Or it's, a, it's a short one, but a good one. Um, so with that being said, next article uh, coming from the fine folks at TechCrunch. Um, let it load real quick, um, which is FluSense, a system that tracks sickness uh, trends by autonomously monitoring public spaces, man. So, of course, during this coronavirus, uh, uh, um, novel coronavirus, right, um, the one thing that you're going to see, in my opinion, is like, because I keep, we, you know, the people I talk to, we kind of say, like, this is the next 9-11. Like, this is our 9-11, uh, or this is our genera our kids' generation's 9-11. And I always talk about how, like, 9-11, uh, everything changed as far, everything changed from, the, like, a, a security standpoint, right? Like, airports were never the same. You know, it went from, you know, you can meet your family at the gate to now you can't meet them at the gate. You have to meet them at, at the TSA checkpoint. Um, and so, so many technology things have changed. And so, with this article, it kind of talks about how they're developing technology that can sit in uh, like it's cameras that sit in doctor's offices in public spaces and then what it can do is monitor how many times people are coughing and body temperatures in the room and kind of take that data and, and provide it to uh, the CDC and say hey this is what the cough ratio was in this room and so they're developing cameras that are basically actively monitoring the emergency rooms and then kind of giving back feedback and like how contagious the room was, uh, how much, you know, cleaning has to be done. I think it's pretty genius how this works um, because it's it's very passive, uh, passive surveillance in that sense where it's only picking up or reading certain signals, right? It's only picking up like thermal, like if your body temperature is hot um, or if, if you're coughing, if like you do that coughing motion, um, that's what it's recording and then letting people know. And so this could be something that could really help prevent 
uh, in my opinion, uh, diseases from spreading, and particularly in places like ER rooms uh, or places that have a, a large population of people coming, uh, a large transient population, right, like bus stops and stuff like that, because it can let you know that, like, hey, we have people coughing here like crazy. We have people in here with fevers. Let's definitely pick it up in the sense of, like, cleaning versus, um, you know, the camera picked up that not a lot of traffic came through that was uh, 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 sickness-related, like flu-related. It was mainly, like, broken bones and stuff like that. And so it's technology like this that I think that we're going to implement in, in the future in order to help curve uh, or prevent diseases like or, or sicknesses like we're having with corona from spreading, you know. Um, so it's technology like this, and it's very simple on technology, spatial recognition, thermal. But uh, definitely check out the article. Um, there's more details about this technology. I found it very, very interesting how this works. Um, and I think it's only a matter of time until it does get implemented because I've also seen something similar to this uh, or heard about something similar to this where it was like uh, cameras and sound detection systems that can detect firearms going off right so it's like a it's like a, a, a camera that can listen for firearm noises like a gun being discharged and then alert the authorities and I thought that was pretty gnarly and I've also seen people talk about how like they have systems in place that can actually um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, detect where the gunshot came from, so it can give you like a proximity of where the gunshot was from, and then alert the authorities. And so it's things like this that I think in the, like are going to become very, very popular, um, especially in times like this, in order to kind of like. Uh, I think the fear of of germs and, and germ theory is so much more relevant now than it was uh, a couple months ago um, because of what's going on here and in Italy and all around the world. So um, definitely check out this article. It's coming from the fine folks Tech Crunch. So last but not least, it's an a very long article, but I found it very interesting. Um, it's coming from the fine folks at The Guardian, um, which is, can computers replace the classroom, right? Now, we're hearing about this now because a lot of us, um, you know, we're, we're in quarantine, right? Uh, our kids are in quarantine, so our kids are not going to school. And so this article really talks about, um, you know, how the worldwide shutdown that we have right now, um, you know, how are we supposed to educate our students um, remotely? And so the article really talks about a gentleman from China um, and kind of his experience in like deploying, uh, um, you know, uh, deploying technology for uh, artificial intelligence based uh, classroom learning and e-learning for students and I found it very interesting and I, like I said it's a very very long article um, so definitely take the time to read it um, but what I found interesting about it is like you know how like uh, I really do believe that like e-learning is the future and how like tech like not technology how the learning system and the educational system in a sense is outdated and broken in the way we teach students right because if you really think about it when you got a classroom full of 10 kids or 15 or 20 kids right uh, the teacher kind of has to stay on pace and everyone has to follow the same pace versus when you're doing digital learning or like e-learning you kind of move at a self-paced uh, uh, way right where it's like you move at the pace you want so whether it's a faster or slower pace, and then the teacher is kind of there to answer your questions, right? And I don't see anything wrong with this. What I also want to point out is that, like, you know, like, there's, there's an aspect of learning with kids, 
um, that there's a social aspect. The kids need to be social. They socialize and, and have a, a, an experience where they can talk to other kids and have a social experiment, right? Uh, not social experiment, but like uh, social skills. But in that same respect, if we're preparing our, our youth in the future uh, for a place uh, for, for, for roles in the, in, in, in the job force, a lot of these jobs are remote or, or you're dealing globally. And so the same skill set that you need in order to communicate with students while you're at school, whether it be through Skype, whether it be through some type of messaging system or through email, those type of skills will translate into the corporate world or into the job force uh, as marketable skills. So it's not like we're like we're hurting the kids by having them learn remotely, having them learn through a computer um, and having them learn through self-paced mode, but also the fact that they're learning how to type emails out at a young age. They're learning how to communicate digitally through a young age and building the social skills and building the social etiquette that comes with uh, 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 messaging people because there is an etiquette with email and there is an etiquette with instant messaging that people need to learn. Um, and then to learn at a young age, those are marketable skills, right? So I look at it from that standpoint, um, and then I also look at it from the standpoint of, like, there's kids who uh, who learn at a certain pace, and that advantage isn't given to them when they're in a classroom, in a large classroom setting. Um, you know, I look at myself my senior year, and I talked about this in my podcast about, uh, or I did a video about this, about how I got expelled. And when I got expelled, I ended up going to a private school, and then the private school I went to was self-paced. They literally gave you books. You did the books. Um, and if you had questions, you went to the teacher, but it was the type of thing where like, if you were really good at physical science, you know, or algebra one, a, you could bang it out in a week or two, the entire class, you know, or it could take you two months or three months, um, versus, you know, in high school where it took a whole semester to finish it. You went exactly at the teacher's pace. And so, um, you know, you can see kids who did flirt with, like uh, online schooling uh, or kids at my school. A lot of kids graduated early because they did all the requirements. They banged out all the work um, very, very quickly um, because it was at their own pace. And that's something that e-learning can offer. And, and, and regardless of anything, like e-learning is not going anywhere. Online learning isn't going anywhere. Whether it's the primary or the supplemental education, um, supplemental education that uh, that's provided to the kid, it's going to be something that's going to be very relevant. And to me, I I like as far as my son goes, it's about like preparing him for the workforce that is going to be the future, and the workforce of the future is going to be digital. It's going to be uh, cloud. It's going to be this and that. And I and the more I can expose him to that stuff now, the better off he's going to be. But I do worry about the social aspect of it the social behavior the uh not being around people not having students not having the 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 high school experience of talking to girls and and meeting friends and getting into trouble and all that stuff you kind of lose that when you're doing remote learning um but at the same time that's what organized sports are for that's what other aspects so there's there's other things that can fill that void but i think in today's in today's uh in today's world right now especially with what we're going through this is the route that we need to go to in order to ensure that um, that we don't spread this virus. And so um, you're going to see a huge pickup in e-learning. But like I said, definitely check out the article. Uh, they raised a lot of interesting points in that article about e-learning and uh, kind of like how you know people learn in China and how uh, you know it, it's it's just different. How education uh, isn't just about absorbing the information or studying it. It's about understanding what you're doing, it, how to apply it, and then applying it and practicing and truly learning how to, uh, truly learning, you know, in my opinion, truly learning something, you know. Um, 
my biggest fear with my son, especially with technology as well, is that he's going to be a consumer and not a not an actual user or, or uh, an engineer in that sense, where it's like, does he know what he's doing on the computer or is he just pointing stuff and playing video games? And so I make it a point to make sure he understands how to use a computer, not just play games, but understanding how to connect to Wi-Fi network, right? As dumb as that sounds, how to check his sound settings, how to like how to fix an issue on his computer, how to lock a code on his computer, how to do a bunch of things because... I want him to know how to use this technology instead of just being a consumer. And so, um, like I said, ed education is that to me. Educating is actually, do you actually know how to use it, break, fix it, whatever. And so, um, it's weird how countries all around the world do it differently. So, I definitely encourage you to check out this article. It was very, very interesting. So, with that being said, folks, this wraps up this uh, Monday's episode of the Word on the Road podcast. Of course, my name is Edwin Pagan, your host. You can find me on Edwin Pagan 19 on Instagram. Make sure to like, subscribe to the podcast. We come out every Monday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But until next time, folks, my name is Edwin Pagan. Y'all have been fun. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Peace. Guys, what are you doing? Watching my dad's channel. <laughs> Watching your dad's YouTube channel?